Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1 Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Three of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. It's a full tang program. Fitzy is here, so we'll take you up until 10 o'clock. If you missed any of the show, you can check out the Rich Keefe Show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch the show on Twitch. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Get all the programs from 6A all the way up until 10P. We'll get to your phone calls here in a moment. But Fitzy, your reaction. We already heard Bill O'Brien basically say it yesterday, but then Bill Belichick confirming Mac Jones, the starter this Sunday against the Raiders. You don't have any better options, Rich. That's the thing. If Bailey Zappi had done anything to make this a competition, if any of the guys that they had brought in thus far this season, from Greer, Book, Corral, whomever, had any of them shown a spark or done anything to challenge Mac Jones, then I think there's a very good chance Mac would have been sat down and one of those guys would have gotten the start this Sunday. Like, they're, like Gardner Minshew now has to play for at least the next four weeks. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a lot of Minshew out there. Weeks. Yeah. Uh, oh, but if we were to only have somebody like Gardner Minshew backing up Mac Jones, because if you had somebody who was that emotionally, that, that emotional, that fiery, and also could play that well behind Mac Jones, it might be more like, yeah, Mac, this obviously isn't working for you, so whether you get back in or not, we're not going to worry about it, but this week in Vegas, sit down. They... Could have had Gardner Minshew. They could have had Baker Mayfield. They could have taken somebody else, which is so bizarre to me. Like, if they hated Bailey Zappi that much, where they actually cut Bailey Zappi, and in the back of their mind, they had to be a little bit worried about Mac Jones, or or Belichick must have been a little bit worried about Mac Jones. Like, this whole quarterback shuffle kind of suggests that you're not thrilled with the backup, and vis-a-vis, maybe not thrilled with the starter and yet they waited till the very last minute and then they're just adding guys to the practice squad and they're just like circling through them or cycling through them and you're like what was this what kind of plan so i'm with you like the main reason mac jones is probably playing is because everybody else behind him is worse however Mm -hmm. i think I'm, i'm to the point where i'd like to see that at least like mac jones the last two weeks Combined with really this season and, you know, last season if you want. But the last two weeks, you bench the guy twice. I'm of the anybody but Mac at this point. And I'm not assuming Bailey Zappi's going to light the world on fire. But I give him a full week to prepare with the starters. A full week where you're telling them you're the, you're not. We're not going to throw you in down 30 to nothing and be like, hey, go out there and, you know, figure it out. For a third straight week? For a third straight week. I'm going to I'm gonna let him actually start the game and have everybody in the huddle know that it's Bailey Zappi this week. And at the same time, I'm going to be preparing Will Greer, who's actually made a couple starts in the NFL. I'm going to prepare him to maybe have to close out the season. And then next year is when you're really going to have to address it. Next year is when you're going to have to be aggressive either in the draft, free agency, trade, or, or both or all three. Benching Mac Jones after five weeks, though, basically sends up a giant white flag over the lighthouse saying, we give up on this season. So we're we're eventually we're in developmental territory or we're in just try to survive. But I feel like the way Mac Jones has played the last two weeks, it could also be a sign of to the rest of the team. Like we are going we're not just going to keep trotting out the same guy can't be throwing these. I mean, he can't be like playing in protest at this point because he feels like he's been so 
underappreciated. Well, no, but like he's but not, his friends obviously think the talent is garbage. But Mac, yeah, it's true. But Mac's also not good enough to get the benefit of the doubt in my mind and be like, well, I know these were horrible games, but like, ah, it's Mac Jones. Like, there is no top end skill set with him that right. I'm like, well, at least you can base it off of something where I want to see. It. And I don't now don't think he's the future quarterback so there's not even the thing that you would do on a bad team and you're like hey we're just gonna play you know cj stroud all year whether we win five games zero games ten games like we're, we we want to see what it looks like and like that's what last year was for mac jones too like mac you were like all right let's just see what this looks like and maybe we'll have an idea and we're still left with a question mark i mean we're two and a, almost two and a half seasons into his career mm-hmm and I got, I got no clue. Or actually, I should say I'm, I'm leaning more towards no. Like, it's it's not him. And yet they don't have any other options. Let me ask you, how many teams that are functional, if not successful or elite? Just, we'll start with competitive and okay. make our way up, function, up to functional and quality. How many of them by the quarter mark of the season have already had six quarterbacks? I would I would venture to say zero. Yeah, I mean the Patriots have had oh, it's ridiculous six quarterbacks in this year. So yep. it's it's not just that they're looking for depth; they're just trying to look for someone. Because I I still don't think there's fundamental organizational belief that Mac Jones is the long term guy. No, what and do you now, what do you make going of, on? What do you make of all the comments like coming out of there being like uh, he's just moping around in there, and, and people have lost confidence in him, whether it be players, coaches, everybody in the facility is like, oh my god, this guy now, yeah. I, I see. I just don't think that, that what's going on now almost lends, and this like feeds right into the wheelhouse of the Mac detractors, like Shime and other people at the station. That you know this wasn't even a Belichick pick. Now I'm starting to believe that yeah. whole 2021 conspiracy of like Kraft came in and told them, and then they put out that video with Belichick in the suit that was two sizes too big for him, going like, hey, "You guys like this pick? Everyone agrees." <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on that one because it's almost become like a, a accepted truth that uh, Robert Kraft kind of made that pick. But then you're mm-hmm. like, well, wait a minute. If Robert Kraft's making picks in 21, like is Bill still sticking around to even listen to that? And then, well, but they part went of down, me, they tried him out, and he took the word from Saban the kid could play somewhere yeah, along the yeah. way. They broke him. But part of me thinks one of the reasons, uh, aside from they just don't like Bailey Zappi, is if you bench Mac Jones now, you're also fully admitting that you have yet another first-round bust. Like, you you have missed on that Ooh. pick as well. And I think they're hesitant to do that. I think we've seen that in years past. If you're a first- or second-round pick, you're going to get a few more cracks at it. Like, Nikhil sure. Harry, if he was a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick, wouldn't even have lasted as long as he did. And on down the line. Like, there's there's plenty of examples like that. Well, they held on to Sony Michelle for a while and yeah. tried to make that work yeah. after we could already see in 2019 I that it was... Win. Yeah, they even picked up his fifth-year option, mostly out of desperation. That didn't I Right, just... no. All right, let's go to uh, Pete down the Cape. Uh, he joins us next year on WEI. What's up, Pete? Hey, gentlemen. How are we doing tonight? Good. So uh, just a quick question to both of you. Would love to get your expertise. So if we're going to quote, quote, start over, yep. give me your top three head coaching candidates that are going to replace Bill Belichick. Take me answer off the air, but would love to hear what you guys have to say. All right, awesome, Pete. I mean, I'll go with the the college guy. I'll go Lincoln Riley if you can if that's what gets Caleb Williams. If you get that kind of package deal, uh, I would go Deion Sanders. I would go I would go some big swing like that. I mean, I think Mike Vrabel would be a great one, but I don't know if he's leaving. Mm. Like if you're talking about NFL guys, 
But I'm open to any of those. I don't really want, I mean, Vrabel, I guess, would be a retread. I'm not really looking for a retread. I also don't want Belichick coaching tree. I would just, I would kind of rip the Band-Aid off completely. Uh, Where where would you lean? Is there anybody on the Shanahan offense tree that we could pluck off next and try to grow into a coach? So that's probably the best one. We could pull up 49ers.com, take a look at, like, who is the quality control assistant. The next, (laughs) everyone that was associated with knew or sent a text message to Sean McVay at one point got yes. hired a while ago. Yep. Who's so Mike McDaniel's give, buddy? I just want like yeah, give me the next Mike McDaniel style like somebody young, offensively minded. Right. Uh just sees things progressively and on a younger level. Gerard Mayo's also on the list because obviously he's got the trust of the organization. He knows where everything is. He knows how it works around there. I don't understand like Yeah, the only thing with look- Mayo is I definitely lean towards the offensive guys. I would now if you get yourself a really good offensive coordinator. Like I wouldn't want Belichick's gone and Mayo and Bill O'Brien are coming back. I'd be like I don't want that. <laughs> I want something completely like that. Seems like kind of more of the same. So I would want to just start fresh. Now I don't know how fresh Robert Kraft would be willing to start because I feel like Mayo's back in large part because they told him he'll be the next coach, mm-hmm. and so. Now, he probably thought that might be two or three years from now, mm-hmm. not right. you know this upcoming season. Is there another team with a pair of uh, coordinators that have the respect that, obviously, Steichen or uh, the Spike Man and mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon got? Because look what Steichen's got going on now with the Indianapolis Colts. They're 3-2. and two. The team is all buying in and believing them. You got Zach Moss running. Like yeah. The offensive line is healthy. Zach Moss is running for a buck 30. Mm-hmm. You got Taylor now getting healthy and getting into game shape. Gardner Minshew's leading the team to victory. Like, watch out. The Colts could be the surprise 9 and 8, 10 and 7 team. Yeah, true. And people are, they're already talking on Good Morning Football that Steichen could be the leading candidate for coach of the year. Not rookie coach, Crazy. coach of yeah. the year. Well, another name you hear a lot is the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. And... Giving him now. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's now, it. I... He's my number one. There's my outside the organization number one, Ben Johnson. Like what he's been able to do with Jared Goff and you Matt. You see that team. play where it was yeah. snapped between Goff's legs to the running back, and then like the running <laughs> back insane. gave it back. Oh, my God. This guy is the trickeration. Yeah. Yeah, and like you, look what he's done with Goff. I know. It's like it's crazy. And like last year they had, what, Swift and uh, Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams had this unbelievable year. And then they, they get rid of both those guys. In comes David Montgomery. He looks like a stud. So there's any Absolute running back works hoss. there. The receivers work there. So Ben Johnson, he'll get a ton. Of, like So basically Detroit's either going to have to give him a ton of money to be mm-hmm. the highest paid coordinator, or he will get one of those jobs. And also, look, they get they trade away Hawkinson last year. That was their 2019 first-round draft pick. Yeah. And look what they do this year. They go get a second or third rounder in Iowa's Sam Laporta. Does it look like they're they're missing yeah. a step with Hawkins? Oh, Laporta's killing it. It's been awesome. Also, Shane Waldron is the Seahawks offensive coordinator who was with the Rams. He was the passing game coordinator with the Rams in twenty. He was hired by the Seahawks in twenty one. And so for him to get Geno Smith to play that way is another guy you'd probably have to put I on the like shortlist. Yep. Like you a lot. <laughs> There's a couple of options. There all you of go. Sudden. There you go. Not, Pete on the cape. There you go. Not too, not too bad. All right, let's go to uh, Brandon in Boston. He joins us next. Hey, Brandon. Hey guys, thanks for taking my phone call. I'll be really yep. quick and cool. just you guys. Uh, you guys are talking about like the next head coach. I'll be really quick and I want to get to uh, a trade that the um, Patriots should do. But the next head coach, and I'll be on the phone with it right now, would be Ryan Day from Ohio State. 
Sure. I mean, this dude is well-seasoned. He's real creative. He played a little bit of offense and defense, so he has that under his belt. Um, but Can I get Marvin I Harrison do, Jr. with I'll him? I'll have him bring sure. his squad, too. I'll, I'll, yeah. If I'm Rob Crabb, I said, yes, and you can bring your team in. We're going to do some, some fantastic things here. But um, I think how you guys feel about this trade, and, and it will be Matt Jones, uh, Gis- yes. uh, Gisecki. Done. Gisecki, whatever his name yep, is, yep. going to the Panthers for Andy Dalton and Adam, Adam Thielen, right? So you can have Andy Dalton there uh, coaching up Zappi as a veteran, and you could cr- trade probably Judon or one of your best players and get some draft, um, some draft picks, you know, just to have for collateral, you know, go in there and get your next QB and all-star um, wide receiver, you know, because they're not going nowhere. So these are moves that I would make right now just to get the team uh, ready for the future. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, sure, I would trade Mac Jones for just about anything right now. I don't think Carolina would have any interest. I mean, they got Bryce Young there. I don't think they're going to be like, hey, let's get Mac Jones for one extra year. Yeah, but Ma- Frank Reich isn't in love with Bryce Young, and he's already told us as much. That's true. Well, they're going to try to tank it and get uh, Caleb Williams then and pull an they Arizona can't. Cardinals. They oh, no, that's right. It's not their pick. Yo, the, Bears, right. the Bears, yeah, if you check tankathon.com. Yeah, they might get the, the first two picks. The Bears are going to be an absolute yeah. wagon next year. They've got, yeah. right as of right now, they have, like, the first and second pick. Well, a quick fun fact. He brought up Ryan Day. Let the record show I didn't bring up Ryan Day. He brought up Ryan Day. Yep. New Hampshire guy. So here's a fun small world story. Okay. Ryan Day is older than I am, but uh, Ryan Day is from Manchester. And uh, his younger brother, Tim Day, who played football at UMass, I grew up playing against him in football, basketball, baseball. He was a uh, very good athlete. Both of them were very, very good athletes. Ryan Day played at UNH and then obviously got the head coaching job at Ohio State a few years. But uh, both were very, very good uh, young athletes in the, the middle school days. Uh, that, that would almost, if that were to happen, Rich, you'd have an inside shot at maybe getting Ryan Day as the, it, you'd, yes. you'd, be, you'd be McAfee yeah. and he would be your Rodgers. Maybe every week he could join you. I think that would make a ton of sense. He'd feel comfortable. He's like another Granite State guy. Like he gets it. Yeah, Ryan Day went to uh, Manchester Central. They were a powerhouse there for a little while and a bunch of good quarterbacks. And so there you go. There's your uh, New Hampshire football minute bam, here on the bam. Rich Keefe Show. Uh, you can join us at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Here's What's Trending now. We rolled out the gold carpet tonight as the night was finally here. Opening night for the Bruins' 100th season began tonight at the TD Garden. Former Bruins players Taylor Hall and Nick Felino were back in Boston, this time playing for the Blackhawks on the other side of the puck. The Blackhawks looking to turn things around after the, having the worst record in the NHL last year. They added veteran players like Felino and Hall, as well as signing star rookie Connor Bedard. Your Boston Bruins came into this season following the greatest regular season in NHL history, despite a first-round playoff loss. Puck dropped a little over an hour ago at 7 o'clock. Right now, the first period just ended. We are tied at one goal apiece. The Patriots were back on the practice field today. They continue to get ready to head to Allegiant Stadium to face Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Kickoff Sunday at 4.05. Bill Belichick was asked this morning if Mac Jones will be the starting QB for Week 6, to which he replied, quote, yeah, we're not making any changes. Matthew Judon, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Demario Douglas did not participate in practice today. 11 players were on the limited participation list. That list included Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Cody Davis, Trey Flowers, Devon Godchild, Jonathan Jones, Mike Onwenu, Riley Reef, Cole Strange, Josh Uche, and Sean Wade. The Celtics preseason continued tonight. They are on the road in Philly, taking on the 76ers. 
Tip-off was at 7 p.m. This is the third preseason game for the Celtics. They're currently one-on-one. One and one, I apologize. Right now, we just went into the half. The Celtics lead 67-59. to And a little MLB playoffs. The Phillies lead right now 8-2 over the Braves in the eighth inning. The Astros are up 3-1 over the Twins in the fourth inning. And the Dodgers and Diamondbacks get underway at 9-0-1. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show right after this. This is the Rich Keefe Show on Boston Sports Original. WEI. Back here in the Rich Keefe Show, WEI Fitz is here. It's a full tang program. Yeah, I fully endorse any kind of uh, spooky music now through the end of the month. I mean, you don't have to wait till that last All week. Right, yeah, I wasn't sure if I should oh. wait till the last week or no. we just sprinkle them in for the, you know, up until Halloween. Just like this the song pumpkin, is so good. Yeah. Just like the pumpkin beers and the pumpkin donuts and the pumpkin muffins and everything else that I'm eating, I'm all in. Mother all of Pearl, Rich, did I have, I just need to shout it out on the air so Please. in case anyone finds it, sees it uh, for yourself as well. I've just been steering heavy into the Fest beers and the Martzens and, you know, sure. all those uh, all those September, October beers, right? Very good, yeah. Uh, Berkshire, Berkshire Beer Company's Life on Marzen, uh, October Fest. It's not only not only is it delicious; Ooh. it's so far and away the best I've ever had. Really? And, oh my okay. god, is it good? Yeah, uh, I'm always sampling different Oktoberfest for sure. So, this yeah, one, this is the ki- this is the goat, the king, right. gold medal trophy. It'll hear its nation's anthem good. played on the medal stand. Huh. It's got the belt and six point eight percent. It's a strong Oktoberfest. Oh, it's an IPA. Whoa. Oh, that's oh, is that good? Well, now, before I forget, you see the Will Smith Jada story that was trending yeah. today? She seems like a terrific person. She does. She seems fun. And she says, like, today, like, she's like, they've been separated for seven years. Seven. Or as Joe Castiglione would say, <laughs> seven. Seven years they've been separated. I, listen. And thought it was a farce, that, like a little bit of a bit, like a skit he was putting on. The man. For whatever reason, <laughs> wanted to like quote defend her honor, win her back. Maybe I don't know what it was. Ruined his career by for her. smacking a comedian in the face. A friend, a no, friend. a friend. Uh, well, former friend, a former friend. Now, former yeah. friend. Yes, former but, like, friend. An in ally in front of millions of people. Yeah. minutes before you were going to achieve the highest honor of your career. Like I don't think we've spent enough time dice truly no. dissecting what a ludicrous moment. In television, yeah. if not celebrity history. And is. I happen like, to be watching it live, and I know a lot of people are like, that show's so boring, why were you doing it? I'm like, I don't know. I just was. I was sitting there probably tweeting about it and whatever, and I think my wife had already gone to bed. She's like, ah, I'm done with this. I'm like, oh, that's fine. And then all of a sudden, that happens, and you're like, this for real? Yeah, then I, was, I was watching it live, too. Right, like, and then This has like, to be a work. This I has thought to it be was. A, you're like, yeah. But then but like the way Chris Rock responded, and all due respect to Chris Rock, good actor, not that good of an actor. And so you could tell, you're like, oh, something's up. Like, this ain't, this isn't a part of it. Then when they flash back to Will Smith, you're like, again, he's about to win Best Actor. Still not that good of an actor. And nope. he, the way he was responding, you're like, oh, this is for sure real. And then you're like, F-bomb. why is he still there? Like, and then, why did they drop, let him stay there? Yeah, he drops an F-bomb on national TV. Why on God's green earth did they... He literally just assaulted a person yep. on stage in front of tens of millions of people, <laughs> and, they, and they let him stay. And then they let him accept this speech where he goes on to say stuff like, oh, love makes you do crazy things, and you're like, that's not a 
thing that you're supposed to say or, yeah. or feel. Like, and and then he goes, and then later explained, or he, I think he hinted at it in the speech, and then later explained that playing the the part of the Williams father, Richard Williams, yeah, Richard Williams, like caused him to like develop these protective yeah. feelings, or like it was the nature of playing him that made like no, it didn't. Yeah, all right, now no, he's didn't. now he's Daniel Day Lewis, and he's these yeah, uh, please big couldn't get out of character. Shut up, you're not Sean Penn. <laughs> like, Knock it off, was, Joaquin. That whole thing was insane and then you bananas had, and then you had idiot people being like it's still a work like the next day and i'm like oh yeah that's really helping will smith's career have you seen him in anything i think something came out after but it was already filmed on apple it was filmed yeah, it was already on, filmed it was, yep the civil war uh film which apparently i heard he was tremendous in but no one wanted to watch it because he's done like he's cooked he was at a time he was one of the most uh, biggest blo- uh, blockbuster stars in the world, and like he was still pumping out some good stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was just so crazy that that happened. But anyway, Guess we'll never get Hancock too. I don't think we are. Although, isn't there a script floating around for Bad Boys Four? Which I'd I'd get in on that. Come on, Bad Boys Four. Who do you replace? Who do you replace Will Smith with? Uh, probably The Rock. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> Nothing else. Just throw The Rock in there. Yeah, franchising's a little boost. You just toss The Rock in there. He'll yeah, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, but yeah, it was like all of a sudden I see Jada was trending today on Twitter. I'm like, what is this about now? And then it's like, oh yeah, we've been separated for seven years. I'm like, well, how did this info not come out six months ago or a year ago? But whatever. That's where they're at. Hey, allow me to play you a, a little bit of uh, our buddy Mike Giardi on early edition mm-hmm. talking about how people are feeling about one Mac Jones. What happened against Dallas, I think, rocks not only uh, the fan base, but I think it rocks some of the people in the building. I think their confidence is teetered in him. And then for him to go out and do the same thing after really being told, you just can't turn the ball over and to do it on the opening series. I think there are a lot of people in that building that, that have not very much faith in the quarterback. And if they don't have faith in the quarterback, how can I? Do when you say people in the building, would that include, is that, you know, people up top or is that also people That's all, at all levels, all levels around him I, in the locker room so as well? We talk about the, you know, everybody's talked about sort of the idea of resetting and hitting the button again. And maybe he needs to take a seat and take a rest. And we, we heard Bill O'Brien say, you know, you don't do that in the National Football League. You have to be mentally tough. Well, I think there are people in his huddle that would like him to take a seat because I think they are looking at him and they don't have the same belief that they had, whether it was last year or certainly two years ago, in what he's become. And I think the meltdown, again, in Dallas, I think hit a lot of people hard because they're like, wait, this is his third year in the league. This this shouldn't happen. And the way it happened and how quickly it happened, I think, unnerved a lot of people. Yeah, I... Mm. You know, that is pretty telling, and it, it, it's it's the players, because the players that felt like for two straight years defended Mac Jones. Now, his, mm. his rookie year, there wasn't really a, a whole lot of need to come to his aid. The team made the playoffs, and he had a good rookie season. But even last year, a lot of struggles, but it seemed like across the board, or at least anybody who would speak publicly or you'd hear, like, sources, they all supported Mac Jones. This year, though, it's different, and... You know, we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, David Andrews was asked about them sticking with Mac and just paraphrasing. He he was like, yeah, well, you know, we'll support anybody who's the quarterback. Right. Which is a different kind of quote than like, Mac's our guy. We have full Mac's faith in dog. Mac. Yep. No, it's like, no, whoever whoever's back there, like, we're, we're good with. Hunter Henry, isn't that supposed to be like his yes. best buddy on yeah. the team? Yep. Even Hunter Henry seemed to give a, a little bit of a mysterious quote about yeah. the turnover issue. I, I, 
Well, he's turning this, it over at an alarming rate, and a lot of the, a lot a lot of the turnovers. Like Lombardi said last year, if you turn the ball over, you're going to get benched. That's not going to work in a Belichick team. For God's sakes, yeah. what did Brady do better than read defenses, or almost as well as read defenses? Was protect the ball and not turn it over, not have make stupid mistakes. And they, you fumble once. I mean, God, how many times yeah. have we seen it from Ramondre now, Pop Douglas? But for those twenty years, one of the sneaky hallmark stats of the double dynastic run was they were far and away the best in the league at not fumbling. And yet here's Mac Jones just handing them out, like tossing the football around like Trump did paper towel rolls in Puerto Rico. I also feel like it's going to be really difficult to play quarterback where the whole time you're thinking, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick. And how else can Mac Jones go into a game now after what the last two weeks were? And if Giardi's right, and I assume that he is, after the Dallas game, the big thing was don't turn it over. He's like, gotcha, coach first possession turnover and so now what do they say hey no we're super serious about it he's like yep. got it and then he goes out there like pick six he, and if he has a turnover and like even good quarterbacks like they'll have turnovers right but the thing is like can you overcome that and like do you bounce back from that are you still leading scoring drives and not all picks are the same right we talked about it earlier in the week third and 15 you throw a bomb down the field it gets picked off and it's like a punt okay or yeah, it's an arm punt it's fine first down you throw a pick six like that's a much different interception and so yeah i don't know how they go about it uh or, or how he goes into this game not being just so fearful of if i throw an interception i'm probably gonna get benched again and if i get benched again how can I possibly be the quarterback the rest of the way? Wait, wasn't what was the year? It's I can't remember it right off the top of the dome. But you remember there was a year where Matt Schaub threw like three pick sixes in the year and angry Houston Texan fans showed up outside of his house and they had to like call oh authorities to have them. Yeah. Disper- but that was like two or three in the same season. And we all mocked him mercilessly. Right. Mac Jones has done. He has three pick sixes this year. Like, yeah. what? Where, where's the. Where's the Fuhrer on his front lawn? Where's the it, whole like no, oil, crazy. You know, oil torch and pitchfork routine outside of Gillette? And not only have they, uh, in the last two weeks, has the offense had more points scored on them than they have scored. It's not particularly close. <laughs> They're getting smoked. We're, we're, you know, we're watching They're getting the, beat just, yes, just offense. Just straight offense. Oh, like Mac Jones' plus minus on the season is not good. I guess it's still technically plus, but not by a lot. <laughs> not by a lot. No. So that's that part's concerning. And, uh, yeah, like if he's not getting the support in-house, like ultimately do you still think it's Bill Belichick's decision solely whether to play or not play Mac Jones? <sighs> is it? Yes, it is. I mean, I know Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft seems to be a fan of Mac Jones and a right. Mac Jones defender, but, but he's also what, a fan of winning. Yeah, I know. So yeah. like, why, how does it benefit Robert Kraft to step in heavy hand, the selection of the quarterback and tell him, no, you're starting him this week. Like Bill could turn to him and say, Robert, just tell me what have you seen that makes, that makes right. you think that we need to start this kid. Well, and that's why I think it's just so tough within the span of three days. You talk about how you're going to start over, and you're like, oh, what does that really mean? And then a few days later, you're like, well, we're not making changes. So, like, what is the team going to look any different on Sunday outside of, you know, Smith Schuster and Pop Douglas might be out due to injury, and Tyquan Thornton might be back because he's off IR? Like, that's not, like, 
Okay, that's a, a minor personnel change it, it just due to all injury. Depend, it all depends on if they can just buy him two and a half seconds. Yeah, right. If he if they can contain Max Crosby enough, like I'm, he's gonna get a sack. That's like Max Crosby for sure. Yeah, it yeah. just can't be a strip six, and it can't cause a pick six. Yep. Max Crosby right. will definitely at least get a sack, if not maybe even more than a sack. But like that rest of that defense is not very good. Like this no? is this should be an opportunity. We get right. It should be. But under again, normal circumstances, yeah. you would be saying they're traveling an awful long way and playing a bunch of familiar faces to have a get right game. It should be. But if Lowe and Brown and everyone like again, you're probably gonna ha- you could very well have Mafia and So as your starting guards. Ugh. But like Riley Reef, do you do you take away like a little bit of something there? Like he played all right, I guess, last week. Like is he yeah. another body you can toss on there that no, he'll he'll probably start at right tackle. Yeah, like yeah. The, if Mac has two and a half seconds as opposed to one and a quarter seconds per drop back. Yeah. I mean, they'll, you'll born will get his, maybe they'll take a deep shot or two with Thornton. They better like you might as well. You got the guy. You still kept him on the team. So for those who haven't seen the injury report today, allow me to, uh, we have time here. Yep. Uh, pop Douglas, Juju Smith Schuster, and then Matt Judon, because he hasn't been placed on IR yet, but those three guys all did not practice. The following players were limited. Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Cody Davis, Trey Flowers, Devon Godchow, Jonathan Jones, Mike Onwenu, Riley Reef, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Josh Uche, Sean Wade. All a of third those, of the team. Correct. It's the biggest a injury. A third of the far. team is questionable. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Jalen Mills may not get to play. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought this one up. So Jalen Mills, he uh, Green Goblin his way off the team. <laughs> Green Goblin on Twitter, who. Uh, you know what? Was it last year or the year before? He was a good Patriots Friday guest, but he's been sort of like just banished, it feels like. Like relegated. He really has. So they cut him, and then they brought him back, and then we all thought he was going to be Devin McCourty's replacement at safety. Mm-hmm. And then with all these injuries at corner, like maybe put him back to corner. And long story short, Mike Reese every game, or at the end of every game, tweets out the who played how many snaps on both offense and defense, at Mike Reese on Twitter, and... Very simple. It has all of the uh, players. It says how many snaps they played and what percentage it is. And so Jalen Mills, last week against uh, New Orleans, played 10 snaps, 14% 10. of the defensive snaps. He retweeted it today. So, again, Mike Reese tweeted this out two days ago. Jalen Mills tweets out today, retweets it, and writes 10 snaps, and then he has a face with cold sweat emoji. Damn. What do you make of that? He's not happy. Now, does that <laughs> good. that probably gets back to Bill at some point, mm-hmm. somehow, some way? Everything makes its way back to right. Bill. Somebody has found this. Someone said, "Uh-oh, Bill, we got a problem with Mills. He's not happy about his playing time." And you know, Bill, he's the guy's got a right to ask and wonder why. I mean, he comes in a couple of years ago on the six for twenty-four deal, yeah. cut, resigned. There's a dearth at they need. There's no legitimate free safety. Free safety is now turning into an issue because they got a team full of strong safeties and no free safeties. I, I'd wonder why I was so valued and then now I'm so di- so undervalued. It's by, bizarre by the team. What did Jalen Mills they ever could do? use him? Like why does Sean Wade play or like Miles Bryant play when you could just why? use Jalen Mills? Why Miles Bryant gets time over again? Is this a is this like a loyalty or a fealty thing? Like is Jalen Mills another question guy, whereas Miles Bryant is a yes guy? Possible. Like you got to think one of the reasons Jacoby Myers is gone is because Jacoby Myers questioned the offense last year. He was a big Mac supporter and like all this. Maybe that 
kind of rubbed Bill the wrong way on top of being an undrafted guy. And he was like, all right, I'm not going to give you a lot of money. And then he's gone. Then the, the curious case of Jalen Mills, like I thought he was gone. I didn't understand why they cut him. Then they brought him back and like, all right, whatever. If they're going to make, you know, they move the money around. So be it. But they're not even like using the guy when all these injuries are happening on defense. And you could easily play a couple of years ago when they first got Jalen Mills. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, oh, what a nice Swiss army knife type player. You can move yeah. him everywhere. He ended up being like their best corner that year. And now it's like, did he get that much worse over the course of two years or a year and a half? I can't imagine. There's been no debilitating no. injury. There's been no. nothing that s- seemed to drop his the time, True. the quality of his playoff. Now, but even with that said, I mean, the problem with this team is offense. The, t- the problem isn't defense. So even yes. with some of the head-scratching decision-making on defense, it's an offensive problem. However, I just think it also speaks to the dysfunction of the team. Like, for you wouldn't usually get guys... Mm-hmm publicly squawking about their playing time or their contract or their role on the team or whatever. Never while on the team. No. No, no. Oh, afterwards, there's plenty of guys that would say stuff afterwards. Uh, Not as many as you would think. Like, some of them are still kind of tight-lipped about it. But, yeah, this year, I mean, you go back to the beginning of camp and you had, you know, Judon had a contract issue. Lawrence Guy had a contract issue. Now Jalen Mills doesn't like his playing time. Uh, There's a lot going on with this squad that is uh, one and four and facing the – Las Vegas Raiders coming up in uh, a few short days. What is it? Three points is the spread. Vegas it was two by and three? a half. The, it was two and okay. a half the other day. All right, so you can shop around a little bit and uh, either get them uh, two and a half, three points on the on the road. Four oh five is the uh, the start time on Sunday. All right, you can weigh in on the program six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It's the Rich Keith Show here on Weei. We got Keith for Madness coming up next. It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. It's time for Kiefer Madness. Kiefer Madness. Richard Keefe, I think it is. Rich Keefe. Who is that? How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Joshua Adams. Uh, what now? It's Kiefer Madness. Where's Keefe? Where, where is he? Where's Keefe? Where is Keefe? Hey, Keefe, you're a douche. I was doing Junko Inoshima from Danganronpa. I'm a firm believer in UFOs and Sasquatch. That's funny. Yo, Kiefer Madness is so hit or Miss. Kiefer's a nice guy. Kiefer's a nice guy. Okay. Kiefer Madness? It's Kiefer Madness on WEEI. I bring it. Alexia, this story gets scary real fast. Oh, that is so good. I know. Anyway, and scary. It's scary. That's scary. What's your favorite scary movie? All right, here we go. Time for Kiefer Madness on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy on this fine Wednesday evening. And uh, we were talking about all the pumpkin beers and the Oktoberfest and everything else. Of course, synonymous with October mm-hmm. would be horror movies. Stiz, monster horror yeah, movie fan. Maybe. I, too, am a big horror movie fan. And Fitzy, we might as well talk about some of the stuff that we are watching or will watch in this glorious month of October. Where do you want to start? Have you been watching anything spooky yet in the first uh, 11 days of the month? I have yet to. However, okay. I've got a 10-year-old in the house. Happens to be my son. Yes. Uh, Makes I, sense. I, I, I let go of the other 10-year-old. <laughs> Couldn't keep him anymore. Uh, parents started getting worried. And Fair. like he wants to get into horror movies now. So I'm kind of looking for oh, some advice great. on some gateway yes. horror movies. This is great. So I don't know. Like To you and I, this holds up. But so you said he's ten. Mm-hmm. Has he watched Jaws yet? Has not. That's so funny. I was thinking Jaws. Jaws is yes. a good one. I think you could mm-hmm. do Jaws. I remember watching Jaws. I forget how old they were. They might have been eleven. My niece and nephew a few years ago, and we watched Jaws. And I think like 
it was good. Like, there's not a ton of blood. It's really more like what you don't see and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it looks way different than movies, you know, today, obviously. Yeah. But Jaws is a good one. I'm trying to think what else is in that, like, sort of PG-13 kind of realm where... Because so many horror movies, it's over-the-top violence or over-the-top sex or just, you know, whatever. Right. You could do, like, um, you know, maybe, like, the Goosebumps movies yep. or uh, Scary score, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out a few years ago. That was kind of uh, like yeah. a, a PG-13 mm-hmm. one. Yeah, he, Poltergeist, he, I think, is PG. Now, Ooh, Poltergeist is kind of yeah, scary. But, yeah. Poltergeist, Poltergeist is, is legit kind of scary. It is scary, but okay, depending on what, like, are you... Are you more worried about like uh, blood or about like nudity or just both? N- no, nudity. Are you kidding me? The clothes are op- <laughs> a clothes are optional at our house. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, it's a compound. It's, uh, I got no, you. No, I I think I I could deal with the you know gore if you will if or rather yeah. any sort of like violent as long as it's not too violent. Right, 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 right. I don't right. think he would really enjoy a Friday the Thirteenth movie. No, maybe not. But like not the, fr- the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Streets may sit in his head a little long. He's an overthinker. Especially, was, like, they would, get you in your dreams. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah. one that'll haunt no you escape. forever. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, exactly. what, what do you do? Haunted. Yeah. But I was thinking, Hall- I was thinking if I was going to throw it up, I was thinking maybe the original Halloween because yeah. it's atmospheric, and yes. it is one of the goats, but you don't see a lot of really hardcore violence no. in that movie. No, it's just really the looming... It's the looming specter of the specter, if you will. Yes. Nick just wants to get him into one of his favorite directors, John Carpenter's. Like and one of my top five possible. directors of all time. <laughs> John Carpenter movies. Yeah, there are, I, that's the gateway yeah. John Carpenter movie, and then I just get to go all downhill from there. There are boobies in Halloween. Oh yeah. There yeah. is uh, not a ton of blood, right? There really isn't much no, blood not, at all. No, actually, it's, it's tame. No, yeah. the first horror movie he saw was last year. He insisted on watching Megan. Oh, I like Megan. Did he like yeah. Megan? Oh, he, yeah, but it still was a lot for him. Like, Yeah, no, Megan's kind of intense, and like, it's kind of creepy with the eyes. Oh, you watched fun. that one yet, Stiz? No, it's I, I've seen bits and pieces, yeah, but yeah. not the whole Stiz, thing. Stiz, I thought, like, I thought you had your middle name changed to Blumhouse. I know, I know. I do I do often support <laughs> Blumhouse movies, but I haven't got around to watching the full uh, All right. Megan yet. I thought, it was, I thought it was pretty good. Very enter- it was a very entertaining movie. Like, he's insisting that when Five Nights at Freddy's comes out in a couple of weeks so on... on yeah. On Peacock, that looks good. He's all he's all in all right. on that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think I think you Halloween might be a good place to actually um, kind of jump in. That's not bad. Now, personally, I'm looking for a couple of new ones because the last really good one I watched, I think I watched it actually at the behest of Stiz. Okay, was The Witch. The Witch was a little slow for me. Oh, you didn't oh, like I it? I didn't like Robert the race. I know people love it, and it's like on all these lists of like best of the last five, ten years. Creepy. But like, it's creepy, but like it's just a real slow burn for me. Yeah, yeah. So what's the best? What's the best horror movie you've seen in the last couple of years? At top of mind. All right. So actually, I just saw it last week. Was totally killer. Now this is exactly in my Q zone. This is a slasher movie that also involves time travel. And it's a, it takes place in like a high school, so like Scream is probably my all time favorite. Sure, like, I love Halloween too, but Scream and Halloween, but totally killer. It's definitely kind of leans into the comedy a little bit. It's pretty bloody. There's a few parts that are pretty kind of gory, but I loved it. It's the girl from Mad Men who was also in the Sabrina the Teenage Witch Netflix series. She's a good lead. Mm-hmm. Julie Bowen's in it, plays her mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, but I would say totally killer. I would say Barbarian mm-hmm. was awesome. That's streaming somewhere right now. 
Uh, the Invisible Man from a few years ago. I thought it was really, really was that good. With Elizabeth uh, Moss. Yeah. She was Elizabeth that, right? Moss was great. And uh, Lee Whannell, who wrote the first Saw, actually maybe the first couple of Saws, he directed that movie. It was really good. And then one that Stiz got me on uh, that came out this year was Talk to Me. That's one of the better ones from the last five yeah, years. Yeah, Talk I to Me was, really, was pretty that good. That was pretty good. What else do you got, Stiz? Okay. Uh, I don't know if Nick saw Hereditary. Oh, yeah, that's nuts. That, that was a movie <laughs> yeah, that, that's nuts. you know, we're all getting older now, and as much as we love horror movies, it takes a lot to legitimately scare us mm-hmm. or spook us, and Hereditary was one of those ones where, at the end, I was a little freaked out walking around my house at night. I'm not going to lie. Come on. Yeah, no, no, totally, I totally Tony serious. Tony Collette should have won oh, Best Actress God. for that. Like, it was insane. The, they, the they dinner have, scene? Yeah. Yes! Ugh. She was she knocked was it out of the park. Yeah, that one was really uh, good. Yeah, see, those ones where, like, I'll, I'll admit, when I saw Blair Witch Project the first time, my roommate was away for the weekend, saw it, like, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan at a midnight show, took the subway home, and got into my apartment, turned all the lights on, got a blanket, slept in the living room with Sports Center on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 100%. Well, I'm just gonna 100%. Keep, these, keep these lights on for a little bit, watch a little, uh, watch yeah. a little Sports Center. 100%. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, people in the text line saying uh, Terrifier. I don't know. I, that one was pretty good. Terrifier, like real yeah, low budget. Definitely don't let your boy watch. No, 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 that is, no, no, no. Oh God, no. no. I'm gonna be no. We'll we'll uh, we'll apply the appropriate Ooh, filters. For here's Thomas. a good one for the. Has he seen Gremlins? Oh, Gremlins! I yeah. love Gremlins. Yeah, me too. Classic. Oh. Gremlins is good. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Somebody's saying don't let your uh, son watch Jaws. Yeah, especially because you guys go to the ocean a lot, so that might we, we that, do. That might be tricky. Yeah, Monster Squad. You uh, Monster already, Squad. You see how you know, saw that already? That's that's fun. That's fun. That's yeah. not really. There's a little. Yeah, that if years ago when we were that age in the '80s, that would be good for us. But I feel like kids now are just like desensitized to anything like fun and schlocky like that. Yeah, that's true. All right, we got to. Uh, we'll take a call here during the madness on uh, horror movies. Let's go to Jay in the car. What's up, Jay? There we go. Hey, I think one of the key, uh, if you're going Jaws, you should also go Alien. That yes. is a great intro Alien. horror film. Excellent, Jay. Yep, that yes. one is, de- to me, definitely a horror movie, too. Like yep. w- Without question, it's a horror, whereas Aliens is more action. One of the rare times where sequels switch genres, and yet both are considered in the elite of their category. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's probably never happened, right? Like, that is, nope. it's, it's insane. So, uh yeah, those are all uh, pretty good. I'm trying to think what else was good. Oh, you know what? I thought M. Night Shyamalan kind of bounced back this year with Knock at the Cabin. I thought that one was pretty good. Was that good? Streaming now. Yeah, that was all right. I read the book. The book that it's oh, based the book on crazy? is really yeah. good. Yeah. All right, very oh, good. I just gotta, I, I, uh, here, I what just else? got a text uh, from a friend who's listening to the show. Here we go. Said, if you want to watch a really scary movie, watch A Marriage Story. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, my God. Amen. Marriage Story was nuts. I was like, holy smokes. What a pain in the butt to get divorced. Yeah. Really? Like that seems like, oh, seems like just so stick much hassle. Like, yeah, you might as stick well. It out, stick it out. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to make it like so extreme that he hates horror movies. I no. kind of want to steer. No. But, like, I don't think I love horror movies as much as you guys do. Probably not. But I still like taking in a couple every year, and like, yes. you know, I want a few to now make the rotate. You know, make the rotation. Yep. There's the regulars. Like, I'll always go back and like, uh, you know what? I also I love Devil's Rejects from uh, Rob Zombie. Oh yeah, that's well, one of my a Thousand Corpses. One of my favorites. What a, I, you know what I've never seen is the third one in that trilogy, which is insane. Yeah, I like could, the first. I can, you can do without. I can did anybody see us? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't hear at anything. All. 
Didn't hear any good things about that at all. I think his three movies, I think Jordan Peele only has three, right? That he mm-hmm. both wrote and directed. I thought Get Out was awesome. I thought Us was horrible. And I thought Nope was like in the middle. And what was the what was the it's one fair. that That's premiered? Yeah. What premiered on Hulu recently? Like no one will save us or no one will save you. Yeah. So Rich and I were talking about that last week. That's an interesting take on an alien invasion movie. I will say. What's I went into again? that. No one will save you. Yeah. I think okay. you were right. I think you hit it right on the head. So this one's pretty uh, polarizing, I would imagine, because I don't think this is a spoiler. Because I think they're kind of advertising it this way. Uh, there's one line of dialogue in the entire movie. So it's like a 90-minute movie, and there's Ooh, no, no idea. dialogue. And so, like, Stephen King and Guillermo del Toro were, like, tweeting about how awesome it was. But I've also seen a lot of people that are like, not for me. like, And not even because of the dialogue. They had, like, other issues with the movie. I thought it was worth watching. I'm glad I didn't pay money for it. It was on the, it was on the streaming, and I gave it a go. Ooh, actually, Jim's got a good call. Let's go to Jim in Milford. This is one of the better horror movies I've seen in the last several years. What do you got, Jim? Rich, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, the Conjuring. Yes. Conjuring, oh, great movie. Yes. So The Conjuring is incredible, Jim. And I believe, Stiz, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. The Conjuring holds a distinction where it was rated R simply because it was too scary to be PG-13. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. They were like, because normally there's just so much blood or there's, uh, again, like nudity or like so much swearing. And they're like, well, it's got to be rated R. This time they did it. There's not really a lot of any of that. And the rating committee came back, and they're like, nah, it's too freaking scary to be PG-13. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's intense. But you know what? To, to kind of sum it up, I like Halloween for your boy, for the intro. Yeah, that the might be the best movie. one. Yeah. John yep. on Twitter says Carrie, which I think that would be too scary for him. Oh, come on. All but that ending a, scene. Yeah, yeah, or even the beginning scene. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That'd be a little intense for a 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah, all those De Palma horror movies are all like... Yeah. Take that there. There's intensity that kind of like sears itself, like like the imagery of Ca- of Carrie Sissy Spacek yeah. there on the stage. <laughs> They're all gonna laugh at you. Which then yeah, became a great Adam Sandler album. Uh, we'll end on this one. Tommy tweets in the last horror movie I saw was Pat's Saints, <laughs> of course. <laughs> And scene. And scene. All Good right. job, everyone. Uh, hit us up at Rich Keefe Show, uh, or you can jump in the Twitch chat, or you can text us 37937. What other horror movies uh, you highly recommend for the month? Because, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about it, Stiz, over the next three I weeks. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. All right, three hours down, one hour to go here on the Rich Keefe Show, including Grab Bag, which comes your way at 920 here on WEEI.